guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. I'm here. I don't have COVID anymore. Oh, man. And uh, pregnancy is still 10 months, right? Just Oh, my just gosh. A- I'm not pregnant, to be clear. Not pregnant. Not pregnant. Not pregnant. <laughs> I know. Not that, pregnant. Sounded- that sounded like, yeah. Th- that conversation People and fight is still going on in the still comments. Kidding. Still so mad at each so other. So mad at each other. The fighting so, that is going on in the comments. The fighting section. that is going on. And here's the thing. Part of me is like, should I go through here and delete these trolls? And I'm like, no. I have, at this point, we're at 20, over 20 million views of that stupid reel. Like who knows how many thousands of comments. I have not read a comment in weeks at this point. And every once in a while, I'll just like glimpse another corner of my eye and be like, look away, look away. Yeah. Pregnancy is 10 months? Question mark, question mark, question oh mark, question mark. <laughs> yes. 10 months? <laughs> Pregnancy time is outside of time and space. Uh, it is however long. Why are we doing the math? Why? Be. Especially why? with pregnant women, you guys? What? Yeah, are no. you questioning your pregnant it's woman? Just infinite pregnant <laughs> years. Like we were saying, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, by the time you're 40 weeks pregnant or like by the time you're in your third trimester, you can't remember ever not being pregnant. Right, right. So it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Anyway, don't, moving on. Don't question. Yes, moving on. You got COVID. You're better now. I got COVID. You on had a real day, rough Zero week. out of 10. Yeah. My like uh, my vacation afterglow did not last. So when last when we last left our hero being me, um, I was recording in my basement. I had COVID, but I didn't know it yet. And the movers were coming any minute. So since then, I tested positive for COVID like 30 minutes after we finished recording that podcast episode. I drove to Walgreens, put on an N95, bought myself a COVID test, took the test in the parking lot, and it was immediately positive. So I was like, what the hell do I do? Like, I the movers are at my house. So right, I you just, don't want to like, like put them at risk. So what do and- you do? I've been with Brandon for the last couple of days. Like my kids are at my mom's house. They've been there for two days because like we've been packing. So what we ended up doing was we just like double masked with the movers there. And we told them, we're like, Hey, this is what the situation is. We'll try to stay out of your way. We will, we will both put masks on. We have masks. If you guys want to wear them. And they were like, no, we're good. So, you know, they were young guys. And so whatever, they can make their own choices. And <laughs> they're like, we're immune. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're 23. This shit doesn't matter. Things like Nothing this, matters like, when you're things like this don't happen to me. <laughs> right. When you're a 23-year-old guy, you're just, you know, think, congratulations, you're immune to everything. Yeah. And, oh, this is a fun fact. One of our movers was Brandon's dad's personal trainer in Wisconsin. What? What are the odds of that? We were okay. So first of all, you guys need to know that Brandon and his dad are like body doubles. Like they, they Brandon's really dad oh is like God, the nineteen eighties mustache version of Brandon. But they are body doubles. Like if you walked up to them from behind, you wouldn't know which one is which. The nineteen eighties mustache version of Brandon is so he accurate. The 1980s it's mustache, so yeah, he has a great mustache. He does. If you know Brandon's dad and then you meet Brandon, it's like wait a minute, you kind of look like this guy I know. And also in our house, we have a bunch of Wisconsin stuff. Like we have this new, a bunch of Nuclearis beer, which if you're from Wisconsin, you know how like specific that is. Nuclearis Brewing is this very- Or if you're Scott, well-known. who's a total beer nerd and right. is very well Nuclearis like has a reputation and yeah. you can only get it in Wisconsin. Every time Brandon's family comes out, if they ever drive out, they bring us cases of Nuclearis. And specifically, we like Spotted Cow is the more famous one, but we were like the moon man which is the pale. It's very delicious. So we have a couple boxes of that, like in the basement that they notice, you know, we have some like Madison stuff around, whatever. And he was like, Hey, um, how do you guys pronounce your last name again? And I said, Oh, let's cook. And he, he was talking to Brandon. He's like, um, are you guys from Wisconsin? And Brandon's like, Oh yeah. You know, from outside a little ten, outside of Madison. And over the course of the conversation, a couple minutes go by. And he's like, do you know, Jim cook? And Brandon was like, 
Uh, my dad is Jim Cook. Do we I know him? That this, he... Yeah, do I know him? He raised me. <laughs> come to find that, the, like the main, like the you know foreman of our moving crew had been Brandon's dad's personal trainer at like Madison or Middleton Lifetime Fitness or Anytime Fitness. Believable. Like the smallest world moment ever. And like with his trainer for a long time, like to the point where like this guy's wife knew Brandon's dad. Just anybody who's only, I mean, this guy couldn't have been more than like 26 or 27. Anyway, so it was just a very small world moment. In the midst of this, we all, we all you know, I have COVID. Brandon's still feeling fine. He's testing negative still at this point. If you guys, like I ended up actually getting COVID pretty, I would call, I would say I got like moderate COVID. Like I was not the person who had a sniffle, never would have known I was sick if I hadn't tested. I felt like crap. I was yeah, you so sounded tired. real bad. I was so worn out. It sounded terrible. I was coughing a ton. I had a migraine. I was so worn out, a super sore throat, and I couldn't do anything about it. My bed was in a truck. Like I couldn't have sat down. My tra- my chairs were in a truck. You can't like, even like be home comfortable because you don't have no. a home right now. <laughs> you're exactly. Like, my, you're in the like, middle of a home. My, so I just like took a crap ton of Tylenol and tried to push through it. And I oh, what did you take a shot of that morning? What did you take a shot of those that wellness morning? shots? Yeah. One of those like apple cider vinegar cayenne shots. Yeah. And I was like, it feels like I just drank the sun. <laughs> You're like, I'm fine. I feel like I drank the sun. I can go now. That's such a Jim Hay, Jim Hay, John Hay. Now we're talking Jim Cook, John Hay. <laughs> Too many dads in this episode. John Hay. Uh, yeah. That's a very John Hay thing it to is. do. <laughs> it is a very John Hay thing to do. So anyway, the moral of the story is I got COVID. I had it. I was tested positive for 12 days. And I think the reason that I tested positive for so long was because the first two days I was, I like, Took a bunch of Tylenol and just powered through it. And sure. really, as people are like, you can't power through it. That's how you get long COVID. Oh. I don't think I have like true long COVID. I was worried about that for a couple of days where I was like, I am not getting better at all. And it's like day 10. I feel like yesterday I finally, which was yesterday was day 11. No, yesterday was day 12. Today is day, day 13. I feel like day 12, I finally started to kind of turn the corner. But that's a long ass time to feel That's sick. a long time. And we're talking like bone tired, like to the point where by the time I get to the middle of the day, I my brain fog is so bad. I feel like I'm drunk. Like today has been better. Yesterday was a little bit better. But I mean, on Monday, I was trying or on Tuesday, I was trying to work because Monday was Memorial Day. On Tuesday, I was trying to work and I got on a call and I was like, it was like I was watching myself from an out-of-body experience. It's like, I know I'm not making any sense. Yeah, just like total brain fog. Zero out of 10. Don't recommend. Uh, the kids didn't end up getting it, but they ended up, you know, they were sick for like a day. Brandon did end up testing positive. He would probably felt sick for like two or three days. My mom ended up testing positive. She's on like day four or five, but she was able to get the antiviral. Mm. Um, and that really helped. Somehow my grandpa has not tested positive yet. He's the person who like through all of this, we've been the most worried about because he's Word. 95, you guys. Oh, yeah. He can't and get it. somehow... He has not gotten it. My mom's been, you know, isolating from him in their house. And he has like his own little sort of almost like apartment in the basement. And then the Sunday of moving weekend, we were, was my dad's birthday. So we were supposed to go over there. And obviously we didn't do that, thankfully. So all things considered. And after all this time, after everything we've been through, I got it at work. Like of all, it just, just so annoyed. So here yeah, I am it wasn't saying, like from after, the Mexico trip. It no, wasn't from traveling. It wasn't from the Mexico trip. I know it was from work because I like know what, like I practically know who it was. Like a ton of people got it from this work meeting that I had been at. Oh, did and they know that they had it? Now I'm bitter. No, they apparently they sure? supposedly did not. I'm not positive, but you know, <laughs> I just have to. I need to blame somebody. I know. <laughs> and so after two years and change finally happened, my first time, <laughs> it was terrible. Zero out of 10. Oh my gosh. Um, and now I feel like I'm the last man standing because I knock you on wood. You really are. I have I not. Knock on, now I just jinx myself. Yeah, you did. 
I didn't um, say it out loud though, but I still jinxed no, myself. No, hopefully not because it's not fun. Mm, no. And so the really, the thing about it, that's like kind of the worst. I mean, obviously being sick is crappy, but we're living in boxes and I hate living in boxes so much, but like I'd have had no energy. And so I would unpack a box and I have to sit down for like an hour. Oh yeah. Unpacking is the worst. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. You know, we got like the kitchen unpacked. Go ahead. No, I'll just like, I just have a memory when we moved into this house, Scott and I were like a month away from getting married and I just didn't, I hate unpacking so much and boxes were everywhere. And Scott was like, we need to unpack. Like he's Mr. Do everything right away. Like put it all away right away. Do things right. That's just something that I tend to just procrastinate and I'll put things. It's kind of like where the, what's the plan for this came up because I would dilly dally and do things like on my own timeline. And he'd be like, what's the plan for this? And he got really mad that I wasn't unpacking my clothes. And we got in the hugest fight. And I remember just being like, if this is what marriage is like, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> Joke's on me because that's what it's like. Joke's on you. That is exactly what it's like. Still got married. <laughs> Still, here you are. Yeah, we have been living on a box. It's like we're at the point where we got, we did unpack the kitchen. That's the most important part. We unpacked the kids' rooms because, you know, they need like, kind of a more yeah they need to like to be their beds and they their need toys. their rooms, they need like right. the regular they need the routine they need yeah. the routine our room is still like we have some furniture we ended up buy- having to buy a bunch of furniture for our bedroom because our previous bedroom was so tiny that we didn't we had like one dresser that we shared and that was it like we didn't even have nightstands so we bought some stuff and assembled that but like all of our clothes and all of our closet stuff is still in boxes so most of our living room is still in boxes our entire basement is still in boxes our entire garage is like front to back side to side full of boxes it just is the worst feeling in the world so don't you wish you could hire well i'm sure you could hire somebody you could and i looked into it it's like 10 grand oh oh but i'd probably pay that if i had it (laughs) i oh one million percent one million percent at this point i would pay so if i had that if somebody wants to send me 10 grand to uh hire an unpacker Uh. my venmo is (laughs) there hey cook Please Venmo me. I need help. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be funny if someone did Venmo you? Oh my gosh. And while we're at it, Venmo me so I can go meet Laird Hamilton and go on that trip. If I had 10 grand, what I actually would do is go on like three more surf trips and just let Brandon unpack while I'm gone. Sorry, Brandon. Love you. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So you're living in boxes. Um, How's the new house? How's the the old house? house? What's that? Old house. Yeah, the new house is great. The old house. So you guys, we're recording a full week in advance of this episode, which is a lot, kind of a lot for us. Yeah. Right now, as of this date, it is June 2nd. My house just went on the market. Our old house just went on the market today. The fact that we qualified for two houses still just blows my mind. Like, guys, mortgages are not real. When you see people who live in like $5 million houses, it's just not, none of it's real. Like, they were like, yeah, sure, you can have a second house. I was like, I don't even buy the organic strawberries because they're $4.99. And you're telling me I can just go buy another house? Like, yeah. Whose information are you looking at? Money is fake. It's all a conspiracy. QAnon, on, everybody. Birds aren't real. <laughs> JK, JK. JK. Uh, except for real about the mortgages. Uh, so we're selling our old house. We thought about keeping it because the mortgage com- lender said that we could. And I was like, no, we can't. We need that money. And our old house is so cute, though. And now that it's like all clean and photographed, I'm like, oh, I, like, I want to move back. So I literally, we were laying in bed the other night and I was so overwhelmed. And I was like, can we just move back to our old house? And Brandon was like, I mean, we could. Do you really want to? I was like, no, I guess not. But I like to think that it's a not good option. Yes. By the time you yeah. hear this, hopefully we will be under contract. 
hopefully we will not be living in quite so many boxes. That's my update. Very good. Well, because we're recording a week in advance, it's kind of annoying because the timeline for this is going to be real tight. So by the time this episode comes out, it will be very old news. And sorry if you can hear Joe and JT. Can you hear them barking? This is their prime playtime. Yeah, this is their prime playtime after dinner. And so they make a lot of noise out there. But Cadet is currently in team training. So she yesterday, June 1st, she entered into team training, which means she's like with a graduate class of eight other dogs and they or I should say seven other dogs. So I think it's eight total. And they're starting team training, which means all the applicants for a hearing dog that were chosen to go to this round of training are going through a week and a half of training with these dogs. And today, June 2nd, they did what's called pre-match, where the trainers match the people, the applicants up with their dog, their their prospective match. It's a really special time. The whole staff comes out to the training room to see the pre-matches happen. So it's really special. All the graduates kind of sit in a and circle. it's like very hush hush, right? Like I remember <gasps> when you were in training, team training, you could not tell us who your dog was. No, it's super hush hush. You can't say a word. You can't breathe. I think I told Scott because I was like, this is our dog. But I think that it's hush hush for, hush for a lot of reasons, but mainly because within that week and a half, two weeks, a lot can change. Meaning the dog could all of a sudden have a reaction to this person. The person could not connect with the dog. It's rare, but it happens. And so they don't want to ever just have this person all of a sudden sharing it on social media. And then two days later, something goes awry and they have to switch dogs. So that's usually why they kind of keep it hush hush because they don't, they want to be able to observe the graduate, the prospective graduate with the dog to make sure that it's a good match that they have. And they're so good at matching dogs to people But I think they just want to observe and make sure that everything's going well, that the dog is comfortable, that the graduate is comfortable. And you guys, even though these dogs are so amazing, speaking as someone who went through the graduate team training, it's really intimidating to be going through this training and getting this amazing dog. It's a lot of pressure to want to do a really good job. So I remember feeling really scared when I first got JT and you're sitting in the room with him and you're trying to all of a sudden be like, okay, now I'm a dog owner. And now I'm responsible for this amazingly trained dog. And you just feel I think there's just a lot of like almost imposter syndrome. And a couple of the people in my class, I remember the next day, they were like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. And it, I think it's just like this pressure that you have, and you get over it pretty quickly, because you realize like, okay, I can do this, it's fine. But it's a lot. And so I think that they want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable with this match. But anyway, when people are, when they do pre-match day, they, all the applicants are sitting in a circle and the trainers, you know, take the dog out and they bring it to the person and they're like, this is your dog. And so I remember I was last. So everyone in my class got their dog match. And I remember oh, thinking no. the whole time, well, no, because the whole time I was like, I know it's JT. I may have told this story before on the Girls Gone Wad podcast like ages ago, but I'll tell it again. When you're going through class, They have the kennels set up like at the front of the room. So the dogs are all like in their kennels. And I will never forget, JT just kept staring at me. Like he just kept staring at me. And I'd like look away being like, what are you looking at, dog? And he would always stare at me. And I just remember thinking like, is that my dog? And it was really cute because at the very end, when they gave the last, the second to last dog to their person and JT was left, I was like, I knew it was you. 
and it was like really sweet. And I was so excited. It's just so special. Like the whole campus that works on campus, the whole like staff that works on campus comes out to watch pre-match and watch the graduates match with their first with their like forever person or their forever dog. And so it's really cool to witness and everybody kind of cries and everyone gets all excited. And it's just a really, really special time. So today is pre-match day, June 2nd. My hope is that we hear tomorrow, June 3rd, that she's pre-matched. If she's not, and the reason I say that is most of the time graduate classes go in with more dogs than applicants. And that's just because if something doesn't work out, they have a backup dog to fill in and see if there's a better match for somebody. So there's always a chance that she won't match, but I just have such a strong feeling that she will. So by the time this episode airs, like all of this will be kind of like old news and you'll probably hear that we're either flying to San Diego or not. Um, because we booked our flights already. As of right now, that's where we're that's where we're at as of this recording. And so kind of the timeline is that we'll get a call from Canine Companions about the pre-match and they'll say, you know, we'll let you know when it's confirmed. Again, like that just means they have to give the trainers time to watch the the teams work together, make sure it's the best match for the dog and for the human. And then we would fly out to watch her graduate on Friday, June 10th. I can't believe it's here. Are you just like imagining her being in the pre-match and like her little cute self being like trotted out? Yeah, I, I imagine her meeting this per well for the so for the first day, so June 1st, they met all the good all the dogs. Everybody kind of rotates. You work with like five different dogs throughout the day. So they give you like a bunch of different dogs. And they give you your dog that you're going to be working with. You just don't know which one it is. So they rotate you through a bunch of different dogs. One will be obviously the dog they're going to match you with just to kind of see how you do. So it's all very like deliberate and calculated how they do this. It's pretty amazing, which soapbox for one second. This is why I get annoyed with like fake service dogs. because I'm like, you have no idea how much time and effort goes into the work to match with the service dog. It's it's like incredible amount of work and time and energy. The thing that I imagine is like, you know, if she's worked with this person, they may have already felt like a connection to her. So she's already met this person and, you know, they're probably just meeting and she's going to be super excited. I imagine she's just like a wiggly butt and she's a different dog now, you know, she's been through six months of professional training. So I keep that in mind when I, when we're going to meet her, it's like, she's not the same dog that we dropped off. Uh, that picture that I posted on social media, what was it, two days ago? I think, yeah, it was June 1st. Canine Companions posted the class, her class. And so I posted that on our Instagram if you want to want to see it. Actually, no, it's stories, but I'm sure just pay attention today when you're listening to this episode. Just watch social media because we'll either be going out to California or not, depending on if she's going to graduate with this person. So what graduation looks like is we will be meeting, uh, we'll get to meet her, we'll get to see her before graduation. So we'll get to kind of reunite, kind of get the wiggles out and she'll, cause she'll see us and she might be like a little confused. So they'll, they always like have the graduate or the dog and the puppy raisers meet before graduation. And then we'll meet the new person. And then we'll, they'll have like a ceremony where we take the leash and take cadet over to the new person. And then it's like, they call it like the the Uh handoff. It's very emotional and everybody cries. Yeah, I bet. Oh, it's like the most, (laughs) I watched the most recent graduation, like the regular service dog graduation, not the hearing, they have two separate, they have a hearing dog training and a service dog training. I just watched the recent service dog graduation, like within five minutes, I was bawling and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm not going to be able to handle this. I'm not going to be able to handle this. (laughs) So yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty special. But all of my puppy raiser friends are like, it's kind of an out of body experience or like it's, 
kind of the same feeling like when you get married or like something really big in your life that you just like kind of float the whole day because you're just like, you can't really wrap your head around what's happening. It's just so cool. But this is what she wanted to do. You know, that's kind of how you have to think about it. I know it's a dog, but these dogs are the ones that kind of tell you what they want to do with their life. It's amazing. So if you see a hearing, if you see a CCI dog, so dogs with canine companions are in blue vests. If you see a blue vest out in the world with a with an orange leash, that is a hearing dog. I just learned that. I didn't know that about the orange leash. But now I have connected with a gal who I puppy sat. No, not puppy sat. I dog sat. She's a graduate dog. But I connected with a girl who lives down the street from me who has a hearing dog. And so I'm learning all these cool things about her dog because that's what Cadet is hopefully going to do. And it's just really, really neat. All in all, 10 out of 10 recommend this experience. Zero out of 10 for COVID while moving, 10 out of 10 puppy raising. Mm-hmm. Every time I see a service dog, like especially a CCI dog, I feel like I'm, I have like a celebrity sighting. I know That's I what everyone that. says. They're like, oh yeah. my gosh, it is. It very much is like a celebrity sighting. And you know mm-hmm. what? Puppy raisers love when people come up and say hi. So please don't hesitate. I actually love meeting people when I'm with Joe or any of the you know dogs that I'm with Cadet. I love meeting people that have a connection to Canine Companions. We were once at the mall with Cadet and someone came up to us. It's like, oh my gosh, I was a puppy raiser. And it's like, don't be too afraid to approach a puppy in training because honestly, it's like really good practice for them to to be greeted and to not have like an excitable greeting. And so always ask the puppy raiser if you can pet them. But I always love when people come up to me. I just don't like when people like if they walk by and try to pet your dog without asking, like that's kind of annoying. But that has I mean, yet don't to happen that, to even me. To like a not to yeah, an exactly. I, and and honestly, an animal at all. Don't do that to an animal, period. But oh, okay. I have to tell this story about Evie. So we have our kids uh, pretty well trained, I guess you could say, to ask people if they can pet their dogs. And so oh, if, we're, great. if we're anywhere out, like if we're on a trail or a lot of times it'll happen if we're just like walking to the park or if we're at a restaurant or something and they'll go, you know, you have to go up and ask if you can pet the dog. Maxine sends me this text the other day and Evie was at dance class and one of the like other little girls, their mom or whoever brought their baby sibling with them. And Evie went up to the mom and said, can I pet your baby? <laughs> I that told her about that. Amazing. And she was like, honestly, that's how I feel around babies. Like, hi, can I pet your baby? Like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> but oh and then the gosh. mom just laughed and was like, okay. Oh, that's so yeah. cute. That's so cute. Most people are really good in the public now. I've yet to see somebody kind of like do the drive by pet or come up and touch them without permission. And parents are really cute. I can usually hear parents explain to their, if their young kids are pretty young, they'll be like, that's a working dog. And it's just so sweet. It's like a good little teachable moment of like seeing a dog in a vest. And so overall, it's just like, it's super fun. I love, I love it. And Joe's doing great, by the way. Yay, Joe. Okay, so we are going to do a little bit of Q&A. But first, let's talk about our favorite sponsors, Ned. Oh, Ned. Oh, you guys. Those guys. Here's a good little fun fact. I posted this on stories last night, and I truly, truly mean it. Sometimes I I feel weird posting like ad-related stuff because I want to be like, no, you guys really, truly, like this is not something I'm just trying to be like adsy about. But last night when I saw the picture of Cadet, I was so wired and I posted a bunch of stuff on social media, which makes me more more wired because I want to see what people are saying, like all of our friends responding to like Cadet being in, in college, 
or in team training. And I was so wired that I knew that I had to wind down. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be so wired. I'm not going to fall asleep. So I got into my medicine cabinet. I pulled out the net and used the sleep blend and it works perfectly. It totally calmed me down. So that's an, that's like a real life, another real life example of where it's really helpful when you, maybe you're out late and you're not a late partier. <laughs> Maybe you're in your 40s and you don't stay up too late. But if you have a moment where you're like, I just need to come home and calm down, Ned is a great product. So thank you, Ned, for being there for me when I needed to fall asleep last night. And I've been using my Ned. I just I like the everyday blend, which is their full spectrum hemp. Obviously, right now, there's a lot of really hard stuff going on in the world. I feel like we don't often try to provide a place where we can where people can like really disconnect because we think it's important to not disconnect. But that's what I've been really needing is a space to disconnect. And so that's what you guys are going to be getting on the podcast because I just can't really go there. But I want to acknowledge that that's it's been really, really hard for me lately. I have not been sleeping. The only thing that really has helped take the edge off has been being able to use my Ned CBD. Um, again, like it's, I know that sounds so adsy, but I am just really grateful to have that as a tool. I don't respond well to sleeping pills. I do take Ativan sometimes for like true panic attacks. I haven't really gotten to that point, but I don't respond well to stronger pharmaceuticals that are sleep, you know, for sleep aids, even over the counter things like Unisom really knocked me out the next day. Using the CBD, I feel like really helps take the edge off enough for me to naturally be able to fall asleep and I don't feel any effects the next day. So that's how I'm using it lately. A little bit less of a fun example, but I think I would just want to acknowledge for anyone out there who is in that really tough mental space right now. Um, I'm I'm there with you. We love Ned as a tool in our toolbox. You can become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code joy. Go to helloned.com forward slash joy or enter code joy at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. And thank you listeners for supporting the brands that support our podcast. Thank you, Ned. Can I start with an older question? Yeah. I think I posted something a couple months ago, and I keep forgetting to answer this question, but someone asked about career challenges. This person has been pushed out kind of like in a toxic situation, much like what I went through. And their question is, what were some uh, initial flags that I might have explained away or ignored, but looking back now were signs? Uh, What did I do to get ahead of the issue that obviously didn't work? Do I think there was a different, better way to handle it? Were there any warning signs? Was there someone, if so, who that should have fought for you? Whoa, that's a hard one. (laughs) Yes! Damn it! (laughs) I have like a maybe less emotionally charged answer to this answer. Yes, please, please begin. Because, you know, I actually am in a better place, to be honest. So for me, I... Had left a, I left a job a couple of years ago that was an extreme toxic overworking situation where, you know, the busier you were, the more glorified it was. The job was in the hospitality industry. And so a lot of the worker, a lot of the employees worked in customer facing roles. So there was not a corporate holiday policy because our busiest times were over the holidays. And so if you wanted to take a holiday off, you had to take PTO. And there was like this point of pride of like how much work you could get done if you came in on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that should have been a huge red flag. Um, I think the other really huge red flag that I that I recognize now looking back was that we would have this annual big like department summit where 
people would get up and tell these stories about basically every single one of them was like, I hit rock bottom. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. And like, basically, you know, all the stories were about how they sacrificed everything to then sort of get back and get back on track with their job. And that was really the storyline that was glorified was like, you should, this should be your number one priority. You are the person, uh, the only person who can who can help you. It was supposed like to be you're empowering. responsible for all your success. You're exactly you're like it's you and you alone are responsible. Like, like a it's MLM. A, it was very like it was it was toxic leadership. Basically, is what it was. It was like toxic conscious leadership where they tried to say like you need to figure out how to be your own leader. And it was like, but what? Why? I'm like a coordinator, so it was just very very like, toxic. I need guidance. Right when when if you would have a struggle or a failing it would be turned around on you that like you weren't, you know, a good enough leader. You weren't like doing, it was very, very toxic of like, it it was your fault that you had failed at this like initiative of whatever it was, whether it was big or small. And looking back, they tried to use that as like a, you know, it's all up to, it's up to you and being really, they thought it was like motivational and it actually was just so toxic. I have this moment where I remember, and I think for me, this, this is so much more distinctive than for most other people, but where I remember I would go into my boss's office every day and be like, I am drowning. Help me. And one day she finally looked at me and said, well, Claire, you were the one who applied for this job. I mean, talk about a moment where like someone should have fought for me and was absolutely not willing to. She was underwater. She was not getting any support. People were quitting left and right in our department. So this poor woman was working three or four jobs. Like I have empathy for what she was going through. But at the same time, like that was just a moment I will never forget of feeling like, oh, wow, I'm completely on my own. Not only am I completely on my own, but I'm being made to think that I have like done this to myself. For me, the only things I really tried because again, I was like the, to set the stage for this a little bit more. Miles was not even a year old. I was a brand new first time mom. This was my first job out of grad school. I was like, really did not feel like I had very many levers to pull. So really all I did was just try to work harder. And I lost hair. I developed heart palpitations. Like it was, I became physically very unhealthy. But the only really solution that was presented to me was like, well, you just have to figure your way out of this and you just have to work, work it out. I think now I'm a lot more quick to, first of all, set boundaries. That's the number one thing that I really pride myself on in my job is like, I'm not going to answer your email outside of work hours. Unless we have a prearranged agreement that that's what's going to happen, I'm not going to go. In, I'm not going to push myself through COVID or what. Like, I'm going to take my days off. I'm going to take my PTO. I'm not going to check my email on vacation. All of these things that I think are so normalized. And when you say it out loud, it's like, yeah, of course you're not going to check your email on vacation. But it's so normalized to just do that type of stuff, or just like answer an email real quick right as you're getting into bed. I have really just come to the point where it's like after having gone through that toxic experience, it's so hard for me to take things personally at work now. And I mean that in a really positive way that like I don't because I had to go through this like gauntlet of being told that everything was personal. I now realize that like actually I'm doing a good job. If something's not working out, that has that is not a personal reflection on anything I am doing or not doing in a way that like means something about who I am. It might mean that like I'm not good at this thing I'm trying to do, but that doesn't mean that like I am personally a bad leader or not doing, you know, not trying hard enough. I think this also goes back to a larger conversation we've been having a lot this year of like me coming to this realization of like, I don't have to want to try hard that like, I don't have to give 110% all the time. That should not be the expectation. (laughs) The expectation should not be going above and beyond for everything. That's not sustainable. You can't go above and beyond for every single thing. You can't give 110% all the time. 
I don't even think you can give a hundred percent all the time. If I'm being completely honest at work, not if you have other stuff going on in your life. I think that's the biggest thing now that I really try to keep into perspective is like, I don't want to ever get to that point again, where I felt like I was leaving it all at work and didn't have anything left to give anywhere else in my life. And the taking, not taking things personal is a game changer. Huge game changer. There's that, I know I've said this like a thousand times in the podcast, but there's that Hillary Clinton quote where she she says, learn to take criticism seriously, but not personally. And it's just learning that distinction is so critical. I think the other big one is like control what you can control, which is so buzzy, but it's really true. Like wrecking and, and, I think the important part about that is recognizing, I think some people here control, you can control and they think like quick run around and grab everything so you can control all of it. And really what it means is like, be okay with the stuff that you do not have control over. Right. Like let go of the stuff that you can't control. Right. And don't, don't like turn that around and try to use it to control everything. Mm -hmm. Use that piece of wisdom to actually let go of control and actually acknowledge the things that you have to just let happen like supply chain issues or whatever like, you know what i mean like right mm-hmm. well i'm gonna keep mine short because i feel like i'm at a point right now i realized as of yesterday that i'm like i don't know if i want to talk about this anymore uh and i think it's because i hit the year mark and also just a very random fact of one of the benefits that i that they gave me when they I left. Sandy always tells me, be careful of what you say, because the word you say is the story you tell yourself. And so um, I try not to be like bitter when I talk about it. One of the benefits in the severance package I got was that I got a year of health insurance, which I was so grateful for. But it ended on June 1st. And I think when I talked about this previously, too, is that I had kind of like strings attached to the company still. So I was very worried about saying anything because they could be jerks and they could probably come after me, you know? So as of June 1st, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally free. I have no ties to them whatsoever. Um, Not that I'm going to be lashing out, bashing because I'm kind of over it. It was just, it felt so good. I like cut up the insurance cards. I put them in the trash. I was like, oh my gosh, this feels really big. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So just in a quick like nutshell of like the red flags is that I remember trying to change a culture and trying to do it in a way where I was going to senior leadership and either expressing concerns or trying to show ways to improve uh, and work with people who are so, so talented. And their response was very punitive and negative. And that was really like, you know, it was so devastated because a lot of it was like a lot of lip service, so much lip service, zero action. That was a red flag. As far as getting ahead of the issue, I think what I tried to do a lot of times was, and this was my fault, was I would be a kiss ass and I would try very hard to kind of like make alliances because the culture was so messed up that you kind of had to make alliances to get by. So that was me trying to get ahead of the issue, but it would also backfire because that's not like an honest and truthful way to go about it. Like I was not being honest. I was not being honest with myself. And I knew that I was playing some of this game, which I think on some level to survive in a place like that, you have to do that. Not recognizing of how messed up that was is also like when you're in it and you're spinning, it's hard to recognize that that is actually what you're doing. So that didn't work. Uh, It never worked because I didn't, I also was in a middle management position and middle managers have the pressure from the top and the pressure from the bottom. You're constantly in this like pressure pressure sandwich 
where upper management would always say, well, it's your responsibility, Joy. You need to take care of this with your team. But they would never take accountability. So I was always left with this, like, I have zero support from the top, having to execute something to my team, and they're just pissed off at the top. And then the top would be pissed off at me because I didn't handle it appropriately. Uh, according to them, which yes, I did. As far as warning signs when I was interviewing, absolutely not. Because the, everyone kind of presents their best self when they're interviewing. So I don't think so. I think you can, I think you should ask as an interviewee, you should ask a lot of really directed questions about the culture. And I did that with my current workplace. I said, tell me about the culture. What is it like? I mean, I had three or four interviews and I asked every single time and they all had really great glowing things to say that I felt were genuine. So I would say when you're interviewing is to ask directed questions about culture. As far as someone should have fought for me, no, because it was such a messed up culture. I don't think anyone in the top, I wouldn't want them on my side the way, like looking back, you know, should they have fought for me? Maybe, maybe if they would have recognized all the great work that I did there, but no, they made that choice. And there's a part of me that is like, they had to deal, let's put it this way. They had to deal with consequences of losing me. <laughs> they, they, there was a lot of negative consequences of losing me. And that to me is a little bit of karma. And so like, yeah. they learned that yeah, question. Really like validating. Yeah, it was. All right. Let's do a couple like kind of shorter, fun questions. I mean, it's just long. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Fire, fire, <laughs> rapid fire. If you hair any color, what would it be? I think we've answered this one before, but I would go like white, white, platinum, blonde. You want white, platinum. How's the week situation? Are you, have you had more oh, information yeah, about question. that? Yeah. Uh, I'm still very interested and I'm, I have a couple accounts now that I follow. They're so expensive, like a high quality, like, look, and, and I knew this, right. They're like a thousand plus dollars. So um, the idea is a little bit on hold since we just bought a house. <laughs> sure. That's fair. But That's it's still very much, I still am very much like it's on my radar. Okay. What about you? Pink. Mm, pink. Because your hair is currently Because my hair is currently pink. I just like pink. You know, it, it's more of like what looks good on me. I don't think any other color has like, I like platinum and I like pink. What Would you rather be a contestant? Question mark on Love is Blind, The Ultimatum, or M-A-F-S. What is that? Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight. I've never seen any of those shows. Um, I would say you That's probably- not true. I watched like one episode of Love is Blind. Did you? I think you like would be better season. at Love is Blind because you're good at like, you would sniff out any bullshit and you'd be good at that. Like you wouldn't be the person that's like falling hard for somebody behind a wall. You'd be like- Definitely not. How do you feel no. about climate change? Yeah, no, I would not. Let me think. Probably love is blind because married at first sight, you're kind of like putting all your faith. Well, you're putting your faith into these experts to pick somebody for you. I don't know. I'd rather do love is blind to kind of, cause it's still like, I guess a blind date. If you could create a holiday, what would it be? Mine would definitely be around baking or camping maybe. But if you had a camping holiday, then there would be no good camping spots left. Pie day is a pretty good one. Maybe like bread day. Bread day. But that's kind of like a lot of days with donut day. and I know. But I but I don't know. I don't know. If, is there a bread day? I would like to, if there is a bread day, I would like to expand the celebration of bread day. It doesn't feel like it gets enough media. I would like a bread parade. Mm. I would like to be crowned Miss Bread. Okay. Miss Bread 2022. I could see you doing a parade where the float is just a huge bowl of soup and you're surrounded Oh, what about by like a bread bowl of soup? <laughs> well, there you go. And then you're surrounded by pieces of bread. You are actually bathing if, and in I'm the like, soup. And I'm like in like a hot tub of soup. I could see that happening, especially because yeah. I hate hot tubs because I think they're people soup. You do. But if you're yeah. in soup, is it the same? Right. It's fine. No, that, that would be fine. 
that's acceptable. <laughs> You're surrounded by soup. Yeah, if that it's is literally loophole. Then I don't have to have the mental. I don't have to have the the uh, dissonant, mental dissonance. Do you have one? <laughs> well, the first thing that came to mind. These are uh, one was like a half birthday because I love birthdays so much, and I know we joke about like half birthdays. People will be like, oh, it's my half birthday. Or maybe we actually do a very merry birthday from Alice in Wonderland. I would really like that to make that happen. And then the other one was just probably around like a party where Rods. you can wear sequins. Well, there you <laughs> go. Strawberry or grape jelly? Here you go, strawberry. Strawberry. I don't like the texture of grape. It's too like gelatinous. To yes, play. agreed. Yeah. If you could switch lives with someone for one day, who would it be? I really want to know what Jennifer Aniston's house is like. Oh, that's a funny answer. <laughs> I just am so curious what her house is like. And she has yeah, dogs. So I want to see, I want to play with her dogs. I think I would pick someone who has like some sort of amazing physical talent. Of course like you it, would. I pick like, I pick like Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I would want to be able to like do backflips or something. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, or like be like Kevin Durant where you're just like one of the best basketball players. And you yeah, just like, like yeah. somebody or like a, an amazing rock climber. Mm, oh yeah something like that where you're or like or like you know tia claire to me or somebody who just like can go who's like incredible at crossfit like something like that like i would want to experience a day in the life of someone who's like incredibly good at some random physical skill yeah that's a really good one what's your favorite popsicle or frozen treat flavor i love orange popsicles says this person (laughs) good for you congratulations i do like an orange popsicle we make popsicles for my kids with orange juice and coconut milk, and it's like a cream skull situation. It's oh, very good. all right. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't love popsicles; they hurt my teeth. Mm-hmm. So I'm what gonna go with other- an ice, ice cream sandwich. <laughs> oh, I love ice cream sandwiches. That I will go with that too. Actually, I love like a good old fashioned ice cream <laughs> yeah. sandwich where like the cookie on the outside sort of comes apart in your fingers and like it's like filling. Have you had one from Sweet Action yet? Did you ever go to Sweet yes. Action? Yes, I did. They're huge. So- okay, cookies. here's my thing. Uh oh, too big. <laughs> Too big. How am I supposed to eat this? It's well, frozen and falling. It's like the, you have to like, leave it out for a little bit. There's a little bit of work in preparation. Your jaw. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's true. We, we these are these are ones you can't like just pick it up and eat it on the street. You do have to take it home, leave it out for a little bit. There's a little bit of like prep work. Yeah, it's not that's just too delayed gratification. Yeah, I want I the one that like it's true is at the gas station. That's yes, just like a little just flat like a rectangle. Pap- yeah, and like yeah, a paper, the paper, paper. I love just those. unwrap. Oh, they're so yeah. good. I want one right now. Oh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Remember when we? What was the place? Sweet Cow that we went to on tennis or on um, yeah, 30 yeah, second yeah. Lull. and they have the is it the pretzel cones pretzel oh, cones yeah those are oh, really good uh-huh. so good so good i love sweet cow <gasps> longmont's getting a sweet cow oh that's great that's how we know longmont, longmont really is yes it has arrived yeah carrot cake with or without raisins and nuts i would say yes nuts no raisins hmm i'll say go ahead and throw it all in i don't have great. a strong opinion <laughs> these questions are so funny and I love it. This person in all caps, which bear is best? I would also like to say these questions are from April. Some of these. So oh, thanks for hanging in there with us. Thank you. Yeah. They're probably which like, bear what? bear is best? Okay. I'm going to have you answer I, this because I don't know enough about yeah, bears. Yeah. I have a lot of opinions about bears. I, ha- I like, I love a grizzly bear. I love like a good old fashioned brown bear standing in the creek eating salmon. Number one. Number two, got to be pandas, right? It has to be. Number three, I think we got to go with polar bears because their cubs are so cute. And that concludes my top three bears. Thank you. Uh-huh. I'm going to agree. <laughs> Do you concur? I concur. Great. Let's see here. Oh, I have a question. This came up last week and I was like, did you have a high school snack that you ate every day in like the horrible Cheetos. Cafe? Did you? I was so obsessed with Cheetos. 
like just during, like good old fashioned, not shoes. at home, but at school. No, at you school, would buy, okay. I would like the vending. There was a vending machine that, and then also we had like a snack stand that was run by the PTO right. or whatever that was like in the front of the school. It would open at two. And I think school probably got out at three and they made these fresh baked cookies that they, you made them in like a toaster oven. I ate so many of those. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. I think back of like all the the junk, like in junior high. Can you imagine if, if I like lived my life off of Cheetos and Toll House cookies, I would just have a migraine all the time. Oh my gosh. Our bodies were so young and resilient. Steel. (laughs) Steel. So. My buns, they ain't nothing. You don't, <laughs> don't feel, feel nothing, nothing like, like steel. steel. Oh, rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. I, in junior high, used to eat, well, this is because the popular girls recommended it. And it was like the chocolate shake. You dip your fries into the chocolate shake. That was a thing. Oh, I love that. I still do that. To this but day. the cool girls were doing it. So it's like, I guess I need to do this. Okay, fun fact. At Wendy's, you can order a kid's Frosty and it's like, a Dixie Teeny. cup full of Frosty that's just enough for fry dipping. Oh, perfect. Uh-huh. So that trend that's still going on, that's still a popular yeah, trend with the kids. Still okay. a popular trend with the kids. I would know because <laughs> I am a kid. <laughs> Frosty. And then in <laughs> high school, they used to sell these amazing cinnamon rolls that were just like pure Ooh, frosting. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'd get those like after cheer practice. Like mm-hmm. great way to great way to way to recover. Yeah, uh, just you gotta replenish those glycogen story yeah and then in sophomore year every day at lunch i would get a snickers bar and a diet coke or not diet coke jeez who am i dr pepper i'm trying to think of all the i had many snacks to choose from many all these like favorite snacks and then i'd get when we'd go like after school to the gas station i would get a raspberry lemonade with hot tamales and drink it like this huge huge raspberry lemonade no raspberry iced tea Raspberry iced tea. I was about to say, probably like an Arizona iced tea. Yeah, Arizona. It was like raspberry iced tea in this huge cup. And I drank the whole thing and eat the hot tamales and wonder why I had such a bad stomach ache. It was just a big sugar bomb. And I'd also be like, why? And just a mystery. Isn't that also amazing? You just don't know. You're like, ah, I don't feel good. (laughs) I'm like severely lactose intolerant. And my whole childhood, we like, I one time was evaluated for stomach tumors. No one thought to be like, hey, Claire, maybe it's because you're drinking like a half gallon of milk every day. Oh my gosh. It was just a huge mystery. Bless our ignorance. Until I was in high school. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we did recently talk about like high school candy though, because I remember talking about nerds ropes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, was, mine was like circus peanuts. The Yeah. The, Speaking like, of snacks, preferred road trip snacks, salty or sweet, or did you buy one of each kind? Road trip snacks love salty and then sometimes i'll get and like some chocolate maybe i don't really do i'm not a big gummy person apart from the nerds ropes era <laughs> but i have say salty snacks and a little bit of chocolate i'm probably like a pretzel person pretzels are like peanut butter filled pretzels oh i love peanut butter filled pretzels yeah so those good. are the best road trip snack yeah really good really filling mm-hmm. but you could eat a million of them yep. um which by the way it was really funny somebody asked when we when i posted a meal the other day or i posted I, from thrive market i ordered this wild planet tuna and they have like these little tuna cans that are tuna pasta or whatever and it's just like has these yummy mixes and like flavors. a tuna salad yeah yeah but they're tiny and I posted this and someone's like, is it filling? And I wanted to be like, does it matter? We don't need to be worried about if it's filling. Like I'm not eating a 250 calorie snack to be full. I was like a dinner. <laughs> I mean, I guess 
if you are the type of I person mean, who like is really lacking on filling snacks in your life and you're like, oh, maybe this is like a filling sure. snack. Sure. Sure, that's true. Yeah. But it was just funny because I'm like, we don't need to No, it's are we done? <laughs> so we do have one kind of bigger question. And I think we can talk about it for a second because and I know I said it during the ad that we weren't really going to talk about this. But somebody says, how do you stay positive with everything that's been happening for the last three plus years? And I think there's no easy answer. And that's why I wanted to answer those questions because there's no right or wrong way. And there's no single thing trying things and seeing what makes you what like moves the needle in a positive direction versus what moves the needle in the opposite direction that has really been I like that's just kind of been the way I've been approaching it because also sometimes like something that feels good for or something that feels positive in one season might feel really counterproductive or really exhausting or you know like I think back to like right before the 2020 election I was like hitting it super hard on Instagram with like abortion you know I was like getting into it in the comments of people and DMs like really you know trying to advocate for abortion rights and like trying to spread information and similarly when like the vaccines first came out like I would get into it and now, right now I'm in a phase and that felt good to me. Like I felt productive. It felt like, Hey, I'm using my voice. And right now I'm in a phase where like, I can truly barely be on Instagram at all. And I can barely interact with people. And I can barely even talk about this stuff on the podcast right now. You know, I think there's a lot that goes into that ebb and flow of just what you can tolerate. And so I think the main thing is just to honor that and not let anyone else dictate expectations for how you show up. I think what happens is people, you know, you don't want to get to a point, and I've said this before, where you're so overwhelmed that you're not helpful. So if you need to take a step away, like take a step away from social media, take a step away from the things that are draining your battery so that you can be a full functioning human and be there for your friends, your family, your circle, like where you do have an impact and that you maybe can put energy towards a cause that you're really passionate about. That's where you should focus. It's really important that we don't get to the point of numb, overwhelm, where I never want people to say, oh, I just can't read the news. I can't look at that stuff. I can't. We have to at some point know what's going on so that you can take action. But you don't you also don't need to get so overwhelmed that you short circuit and you give up. And that is a scary place to be. So that is my hope when I talk to people about this is do what you need to do to get to charge your battery but don't get to a point where you're overwhelmed. And I, you know, I noticed that when the election was going on in 2020, I was so drained because I was fighting pointless arguments. And so that's battery draining and it does nothing. So what is productive and where are you spending your energy? It's really important to look at that. So it's not necessarily that you have to be positive because it's a very overwhelming place to be in the world right now and recognizing that. But we also have to take care of ourselves so that we can just like with anything else, so that we can make changes and we can put energy towards the causes that we're passionate about. All right, guys, on that note, I think that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for being here. You can follow us on Instagram at joy and Claire underscore. You can find us on our beautiful new website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned. That's helloned.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy for 15% off. We love all of their products. They third-party test. They are really just a wonderful tool to have in your toolbox to help support your mental health and be your best self. Thank you for supporting the brands that support our podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Just thank you guys for being wonderful. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.